Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors at Griffin Air Conditioning. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services, technology and developments in the industry, as well as dealing with some legendary blokes. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. That's griffinair.com.au. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered and our special anniversary edition of the Legend series, Wally Lewis, The King. The story continues. A great rivalry, two wonderful number sixes, yourself and Brett Kenny. What stood out about Bert? What uh, made him special? Uh, he's brilliant. Um, he was a bloke that never was under, never appeared to be under a fair bit of pressure. Yeah. And if he was, um, his impersonation of the fact yep. um, didn't have him as being. Uh, somebody that was struggling with pressure. Mm. He always used to make out that he was the most comfortable character on the field and walking along and roll the uh, roll the head. But um, if he was bunging it on, well, he did fool plenty of people. It worked. Uh, remarkable player. Uh, to have him, um, he was able to uh, adjust to a number of positions. Um, he went to centre in the 86 tour. Yep. Uh, and the great Mel Meninga uh, was was put to the bench. A lot of people have forgot un- that Mal Meninga couldn't make the starting 13 in 86. Unbelievable, unbelievable. And uh, to have Brett playing outside Gino, who had that one-handed hook with his yeah. passes and, and offload, he was the best one-handed uh, ball player that I've ever seen. Gino? Gino? He was remarkable, unbelievable. Um, was Bird your have- biggest rival, toughest rival? Uh, yeah, although I used to, I used to question whether he was the full quid sometimes. Quite honestly, I know I, I keep saying that, but um, um, you know we were playing in one Origin game together at Lang Park, Suncorp Stadium, and um, we were down on our own line. I remember watching the replay of the game. The commentators were saying about how could these players be out there? The pressure, the pressure that they're under, and uh, I heard this. Psst, from you know, I've looked over and Gino was giggling, um, and he said, "Oh, you got to look at Bert." And I said, "Don't look at him! Don't look at him! If you look at him, he's got you already, you know." And he's going, oh, "And Bert's going, pss, pss. and the, it sort of went on from there. And uh, he was making, calling us names, and giving us the one-fingered salutes, and um, doing other things that uh, would have brought us into absolute fits of laughter. Yeah. Um, and this was in a in a game where. There just wasn't anything other than enormous pressure. Yeah. Um, but um, we used to sort of link together at the end of the games. Full time come, you'd uh, you'd have to go and thank him for the game, call him an idiot for what he was doing out in the field. But that's what Brett Kenny was. Um, he was a guy that was under play under. Uh, enormously uh, difficult circumstances mm. um, uh, and have no pressure attached to him at all. He was uh, uh, the ultimate um, opponent. He, he was the best and uh, I know I probably insult a lot of other players uh, by, by saying things like that, but mm. uh, his uh, his ability on the field was uh, was something, something quite remarkable. 
1984, Queensland will win the first three years of the traditional or what is now traditional three-game State of Origin series. Not complete dominance, but close yeah. enough. What stands out from those three years? Anything in particular? A, a game, a performance, a moment? So he's been a marvellous Origin campaigner. And there he is, Wally Lewis, taking the Maroons out. And as uh, Daryl Eastlake suggested to Warren Ryan, they could well occupy something like 15 of the 20 Australian jumpers when they go to New Zealand next Monday. Uh, a moment uh, would have been Game 3, 1984, I think. Um, I can't remember exactly what the score was in that game, um, but we had uh, uh, we had a, a run, Queensland, uh, that was uh, extremely successful uh, for a great period of time. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, we're, when we were able to... Uh, uh, to win those games, the the, the toughest games that um, mm. that you'll ever play in, um, but when we uh, uh, had the opportunity to uh, to try and work out what was the what was the uncomfortable moment for us, uh, it was getting used to losing. We'd learned how to win in football games, mm. uh, and we'd uh, we'd produced something that was quite exceptional. And again, the McAuliffe line came in uh, there about um, you know having. Basically, the same team on show for uh, for a whole pile of times that were born in fifty mm. nine or or sixty, um, but the things that uh, that I think that we had um, more so than anybody else was trust between teammates, complete faith, uh, and uh, and being the best of friends, uh, and they uh, they certainly were, and that's that's something that I don't think can ever be replaced or made up yeah. for if if it doesn't exist in a team. Has that been lost in the professional era? I think it's it's the guys are, are going to work now. Yeah, I watch them, you know, with their training sessions. They want to win, and and yep. and I don't mean to be disrespectful in saying uh, that about them. And um, you know, it's, it's, it's being their everyday mm. uh, challenge. Uh, but uh, certainly, we were probably lucky in one respect that we were able to get away from from rugby league for a while, go to yep. work. Talk to our friends, our families. Mm. Uh, you know, they might ask you a couple of questions about playing footy, um, but what we were able to do was uh, was to put that mm. away. Um, current day guys, um, they might get some time away from the game, but uh, it's certainly not as uh, not as much as as we enjoyed. Well, you dominated Origin like no one before, and actually no one since. That fact can't be disputed. Did you go about State of Origin differently? Because the sporting cliche that we've heard from every elite player in every sport is, oh, it's just another game. Next week is just another game. No matter how big that game is, mm. it's just another game. I call bullshit. Yeah, well, I was about to say that exact word. Yeah. I said anyone that says it's just another game, it is bullshit. Yeah. They are full of it. Mm. Um, they Or they haven't had the opportunity to play in one of them. Yeah. Um, remarkable games. Every one of them um, will test uh, we'll put you to the greatest test. Um, it's a challenge, each and every one, but to be able to uh, to, to sweep it away at full time. I used to be the tra- the crankiest chap uh, of all for, uh, for for days, weeks after losing a state of origin game. Wow! Um, and particularly, I remember the worst I ever felt was um, after the 1985 series, the yep. first time that Queensland, I was going to say, had enjoyed defeat, had tasted um, uh, a loss. 
um, and it uh, it took quite some time. We lost in in eighty six as as well, mm. uh, which was uh, very difficult to uh, to be able to come back to. And then it all started, uh, of course, in in eighty seven, yeah. where we learned how to get tough. Um, Bennett uh, came in, uh, of course, in eighty six, and it was quite obvious how how hard uh, he battled uh, with uh, with being the first coach. Yep. Uh, oh, sorry, the. Uh, uh, the second coach to, to lose an origin, Desi Morris was the, was the first. That was the first clean sweep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to lose an origin series three nil was uh, as painful an experience as, as I'd ever wow. um, experienced. Um, but uh, we had to learn uh, a lot of the um, the secrets to success. And uh, believe me, there, that's easier said than done. Well, if you had to self analyze, and I certainly don't mean to embarrass you, I'm just trying to get on the inside of you. What made you different, better in that arena? Is there an intangible element to your makeup that was different from the other blokes? Um, I was thrilled to play to get uh, some experience on Lang Park, now known as Suncorp yeah. Stadium. Both of my grandparents lived within 200, 300 metres of the, of, the, wow. of the ground, so I knew it backwards. Yeah. Um, I used it to my advantage, particularly with the kicking game uh, early on. Um, but to, to be in the right place at the right time was uh, uh, probably the biggest benefit for me, uh, born at the right time, certainly. Mm. Um, and I, I'd experienced uh, and watched a, a lot of the, uh, the pain associated with defeat for Queensland yep. uh, for a number of years, and, and I, I hate losing. I, I don't hide that. I, I'm the worst loser in the, in the world um, who was probably uh, given a benefit of uh, being taught uh, which way to look at it by having some mm. some wonderful coaches, and when it came around to, to Beechin and the Origin, and I got the chance to uh, to have some time with him and uh, and experience playing alongside uh, a lot of the players that um, uh, that I was given uh, wonderful support from, and one man that uh, has probably been a little bit uh, left out of uh, um, of my judgment uh, was was Ron McAuliffe yeah. um, to have his yes. uh, support where he said, um, "You tell me what you want, when you want it, and where you want it. It will be there." He said, "But uh, I'll be asking for you for one thing in return," and he said, uh, "And that's winning on the football field." Um, I wow! Used to work in pretty well with him. Yeah. Um, I wasn't uh, in charge of the selection of the teams. Uh, I didn't need to be. Um, we had a, a very happy uh, outfit there um, who were always quite willing to produce their best on the field. Didn't they? Um, but I probably thought that um, I owe, um, you know, the, the subject that we're, we're, we're talking about, the mm. question you asked about um, my hatred uh, for losing for a losing. game. Um, if, uh, if there's such a thing about uh, losing... Uh, gracefully in in rugby league, that wasn't my benefit. Um, it certainly wasn't. I I hated losing. Always did. There were some things that you could learn, mm. uh, but it wasn't it wasn't certainly uh, my first choice. Hello, legends. I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Would you like to be part of our team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go. From scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more, the opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week and we cater to businesses both big and small. 
We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want, and when you want. If you're interested, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Now back to the interview. There's several moments in time over the last few decades that are often pinpointed as pivotal moments in Queensland Rugby League. 1980, obviously, the introduction of the Broncos, obviously, and the Broncos' first premiership, one I think often gets overlooked, and for me was as important as any of these, was 1984 when Brisbane combined won the midweek Panasonic Cup, Mm. beating Eastern Suburbs in the grand final. That game alone put Sydney on notice and didn't it launch some careers? Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was fantastic. Uh, I, I remember that game all too well, probably being under enormous pressure for a, one of the longest periods in, uh, mm. in time, late in the game, where it ap- appeared certain that, uh, that they were going to score. East yeah. were going to score. Um, they, uh, they battled away, and uh, the one thing that we did have was uh, the grace of, uh, of several State of Origin players uh, in our Brisbane team um, that had... Uh, um, that had bound together uh, enormously uh, in the Queensland jersey and had learnt plenty from that. Uh, when that came along, um, it was of benefit to us again and I think it was uh, – I, I still put it down as, uh, as one of the most uh, important games yeah. uh, to uh, how a, um, a team from north of the border uh, learnt about what was required in the most difficult circumstances. It was a, it was a bugger of a game to play against and, and we were on our line for, uh, for an enormous period of time. Um, if we did get a benefit by having four quarter football, yeah. uh, that was uh, that was certainly it. But um, it was something that uh, that that made a an, a group of players uh, produce their uh, their best um, without a request from a teammate. They naturally did it upon their own, mm. the volunteer work. Um, it um, but it was a bugger of a game. We'll stick with eighty four briefly. You won the golden boot for the world's best player. It was the first golden boot too. Mm. Where does that? Sit in terms of accolades, world's best. Yeah, uh, quite. I was absolutely stunned. Um, you have a look at the standard of players that you're playing alongside and against. Um, you know, for me, I was up against uh, some of the best every origin oh, campaign. Yeah. Peter Sterling, Brett Kenny, they were the guys. Uh, there were some remarkable players. I had Mal, Gene Miles, those sort of guys. And then, of course, um, I still remember how tough uh, the international campaign was. Great Britain used to take us um, – yep. we used to have to battle it out right till the end to, uh, to achieve success. So there were a number of pl- great players from, uh, from Great Britain that were there. Um, I still remember uh, turning around to um, – I was very thankful to the re- support that I'd received at, at home from, yep. uh, uh, from, from Jackie uh, mm-hmm. at the time. She was, uh, she was terrific support. Um, but I knew that, uh, that the uh, – the one that had been most responsible of all uh, was was my dad, um, mm. and I uh, yep. I could not stop thanking him in every speech that I made. Um, it brought him uh, to being a bit of a sook, um, but I just felt very lucky uh, to have been given an opportunity by my parents mm. uh, to be playing rugby league. Firstly, what's um, it feel like when someone calls you the world's best? Because, in all honesty, very few people. <laughs> will ever get called world's best for anything. Whether they're right or wrong, when someone says you're the world's best, mm. is it smack in the face? Oh, like, holy when shit. You get, when you get called the world's best, you're, 
you swallow pretty tough. Yeah. You, you think, oh, is this a poor decision or yeah. am I going that well? Yeah. Am I going okay? Um, it is uh, the ultimate reward. Um, and when I had a look at, um, you know, after it sort of had settled, um, mm. I can remember walking past the boot. And I know it probably increases my arrogance a little bit. I used to walk past it all the time and just look at that trophy, the golden boot. It was the high-cut boot yeah. uh, as it was. I never wore a high-cut in my life really, yeah. but um, to have as much gold on a boot as, as that uh, was something quite extraordinary. And uh, just to, to be given that honour um, – it, uh, it it took some time to uh, to get used to it because I, I, I still remember uh, I used to think about, well, it's either Peter Sterling or Brett Kenny. They're the ones up against me. I've got Mal and Gene on my side and, and certainly, you know, they went on to get some yeah. great honours. Mal uh, certainly achieved uh, enormous success. Um, but to uh, to be given that, uh, it, it yeah, it, it was something else and I really did feel as though the person that I owed the most to, once again, um, was dead. The 86 Kangaroo Tour, the unbeatables. Don Ferner, coach, you were the captain. Mm. The first Queensland-based touring captain since Tommy, Tommy Gorman, Gorman in uh, 2930. 28 tourists, 23 of them played in the New South Wales Rugby League at the time. All three tests, you played at 5-8, Peter Sterling with the seven. That is, in my mind, the perfect footballing world. Sterling and Lewis, what do you recall of the 86 tour? Uh, remarkable. Yeah, I knew I was in um, um, in a little bit of a difficult situation, but the proudest moment of my life uh, to go away. Um, you mentioned Tom Gorman. I have a, a photo that I keep downstairs. It's of Queensland's first two um, kangaroo tour captains, me and Tom Gorman. Really? Um, it's, uh, it's a remarkable one. Uh, I can remember I got a call um, when I was um, announced as captain from his family and they said, you won't know me, you won't remember the name, but Tommy Gorman, I said, well, I've heard the name before um, and the congratulations went on. So from there it was, uh, it was a proud moment. I went on and uh, the challenge started immediately. Um, the one thing that uh, I got reminded of was after about a, a week or 10 days of the tour, Gene Miles uh, said to me, will you stop carrying on like you are the captain, you are the coach, you, you are the administrator, you are the man in charge of having a good time, settle down. You're telling us don't go out, don't get on the drink. What did you do last tour? I said, well, I might have had you, a couple of you drinks. You changed from player to captain, <laughs> had you? So, yeah, the, uh, the dictator was there. Um, but I realised that um, it, was a, it was a challenge that I loved taking part in, um, trying to, uh, to live up to the standards. Of course, the first question was, is this team as good as the 82 one? Will you be undefeated as well? That hadn't happened. You know, well, are you going to try and uh, achieve this as well? So it was, uh, it was something that it, uh, I'm glad I, uh, I settled into pretty well. Um, admittedly, yes, I, uh, I was a little bit hard-nosed uh, the mm. first couple of weeks. Uh, Donny Ferner was, uh, was remarkably uh, relaxed. Yep. Uh, and uh, I had a, a great relationship uh, working with him. I don't think that we were under uh, the same uh, pressure for every training session as what we were with uh, Frank Stanton, but, but Frank 
uh, insisted uh, that we were at our uh, at our best each and every training session if mm. we wanted to be at our best on the field. And certainly he was quite entitled to that. Um, the uh, the series uh, went on. Uh, we were in some uh, some very very tough games. Um, the game that was uh, played at uh, at Wigan. Uh, I do remember, and I'm sure that was game two, when uh, when all of the injuries uh, took place and I ended up scoring a try late in the game, yep. which uh, which went down okay. Um, and the uh, the players themselves knew that uh, that they'd uh, taken part uh, in a – well, it was a history-making moment. Absolutely, um, it was. To wrap it up, game three in Leeds um, left me uh, as happy as. Mm. Uh, I knew I'd, I'd achieved something that uh, that I'd set out to. Um, I'd had the, uh, the marks or the um, – uh, tested for uh, by by a lot of uh, coaches and a lot mm. of um, games prior to that, but um, I knew that um, I I really had set out something to uh, um, to achieve. The thing that was probably the most important to me was uh, don't be a failure. If you lose one game, you're going to be one. Well, what's a captain to you? Two prong question. What's a captain to you? What's a leader? To you, yeah, are they different? Uh, captain to uh, to me can be the one that makes uh, uh, that some very difficult decisions yep. in the shortest space of time. Okay. Um, a leader is uh, is the one that uh, that just does that the whole time. Uh, you've got to be able to uh, uh, to come up with it. I know for a lot of people, they'll say captain and leader are exactly the same mm. things. Well, um, that may be the case for for some, um, but uh, you know your your decision making process. Um, you know, plays an enormous role, but leadership is uh, is something that um, you know doesn't always take place on the field. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic, and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services technology and developments in the industry. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. Um, you know, quite prevalent off the field when you're talking to, to players, giving them the time. If you feed, feel like you've got you know, a player that needs to, a little bit of advice, or a little bit of help, then it's time to, to work with him. Does that fill in at the same time as a captain? Well, I, I guess it could do at times, at but times, uh, but maybe, captaincy yeah. for me, um, that is uh, pretty much uh, attached to uh, to the field in in game situations. A hypothetical, and you led me into this question: eighty two invincibles versus eighty six unbeatables. Who wins mm, oh and boy. why? Yeah, oh, look, I, I've answered this before, and I've said the '86 team, and uh, I got the answer. Well, it's only because you were in the team you're giving this right. a rap. You're an arrogant bastard, and I said, "Yeah, I probably am." <laughs> um, uh, look, I, I probably think that uh, uh, the, the the one thing that some a, a guy said to me once: um, have a look at the team that the Great Britain picked for the '82 tour. They picked the oldest, one of the oldest teams yeah. that they ever did in history. They had. Uh, uh, a da- and they tagged it. I'm pretty sure, and we may be able to find it in a, in a newspaper. Was that clinic. the original Dad's Army? Dad's Army, yeah. Um, that were that were playing there, and um, certainly for for game the first test in uh, in 1982, I was looking on, you know, disappointedly from the sideline, mm. but uh, enjoying the re- 
result, uh, and they had a whole pile of blokes that were well in their 30s, mm. well and truly in their 30s. Um, when we went back in in 86, they had the young guns, the best of the It was the, the next the generation, yep. wasn't it? Yep, it sure was. Um, but it is uh, it's very unfair to say that uh, that one's better than the other, mm. uh, but probably, you know, my association with uh, with the team in, in 86 being so much closer, um, you know, I, I, I realised that, I'll get a fair bit of criticism over it, but I make the judgment as the um, as the eighty six side. Certainly, Mal's uh, team in, in eighty in sorry ninety two yeah and ninety sorry ninety, yeah, 90 yeah. Um, they came up with some of the most spectacular wins and and last minute performances yeah. ever. So they could probably have claim to being mm. better than what we were. So it's an argument that'll only be judged by uh, by each individual. Almost no time left in the match, Stewart. Here it comes now to Linda. We're well into injury time. 40 seconds, in fact, as it comes away to Stewart again. Stewart throws the dummy. Now Ricky Stewart's on his own. He's up to the halfway. He's waiting for Eddie Housen. He's got support. Eddie Housen with him. They get goes to the goals. Oh, what a try. What a try. What a run from Stewart. And what a try from Linda. As a young bloke, I love watching Origin at the time. It was equal, though, at that time by the excitement of watching kangaroo footy versus Great Britain versus New Zealand. To try and explain it to a young fella nowadays, it was legalised brutality. It was the most physical contact sport game I've ever seen. Did it feel like it? Yeah, it did. A number of those games, and you know, we used to try and add, uh, add, a, add a bit of a joke line uh, to it because you in the build-up to the game, um, you used to say, you know, most players will be taught in their early days by their uh, by their coaches, um, you know, that old famous saying, if you're going to tackle, tackle around the legs. You can't run without legs. Well, we used to have this thing, tackle around the head, you can't run without a head. <laughs> um, so there was some legalised brutality. Yeah. Um, and in those days, I, I remember growing up and, and hearing, reading the, the newspapers and hearing on television mm. uh, that they used to say that the referee uh, had basically uh, given um, the players um, the opening 10 minutes and it was the, called the softening up period yeah. and that was okay and you used to watch some of the things that went on and yep. you used to fear that one day that you were going to be in a, in mm. a similar situation. Um, you appreciated how tough the players were, what they, uh, what they were able mm. to, uh, to stand on the field before, once again, starting and, uh, and, and producing their, uh, their, their best game and being able to come up with some, uh, some enormous attacking uh, plays that, um, you know, made you, you know, smile for, uh, for, for weeks, days to come. Um, it was, you know, uh, I, I guess an education in uh, in what was uh, involved in rugby league and uh, mm. when everything was particularly sort of pushed aside from the early days and the uh, and the violence was stamped out of the game then we got to see the most skillful game uh, games um, you know dictated by the best players in the world the best players of all time and certainly uh, you cannot argue about uh, what uh, what standard that took rugby league to they were magnificent games yeah. to watch and uh, you know players uh, certainly loved taking part in those um, but uh, the crowds certainly loved uh, you know the opportunity mm. to be able to appreciate it one minute 12 remaining Sorensen is back onto his feet all there very broadly well, there was only a matter of time before New Zealand and Australia had a flare up 
he was, uh, he was heading that way most of the night, especially at late in the first half and uh, midway through the second half. Well, 10 minutes in the sin bin for Kevin Tammany and Greg Dowling as the result of that fight. So that'll be the end of the game for them. They can have an early shower. Kevin Tammany and Greg Dowling off. Okay, so 1985, Greg Dowling, Kevin Tamady, the most famous battle of Lang Park. What do you recall of the night? Yeah, being uh, open slather, um, we knew that New, that New Zealand were going to be up uh, for a, an aggressive performance. Yeah. Um, I think both camps had let fly in the build-up to the yep. game about uh, how violence was expected and we were trying to get the referees to make sure that they cut it out of the game. Uh, it went on. Um, they had a, a wonderfully strong side. Uh, Graham Lowe, um, he had been sort of behind New Zealand for a, yeah. a couple of years and um, his uh, ability to be able to make every single player that he coached perform at their best was something quite extraordinary. Yep. Um, I appreciated his uh, his ability. He coached uh, a premiership winning team for uh, North in Brisbane mm. in 1980. He went on. He was still only a relatively young man, Graham, mm. um, but to be able to get New Zealand, uh, who were swept aside by earlier Australian teams, we used to beat them by 30 points mm. or so, not have to struggle too much. He had them, um, you know, produce their best every time he was in charge. Uh, that game, though. Um, the violence was there right from oh, the uh, from the opening wow. tackles, um, and you know I must admit that I probably passed the ball on to over the centres a lot more than I had in previous games. Thinking I'm not going to run with a ball, Jesus! Yeah. Look at these blokes; they'll knock my block off. Um, what an amazing night, and and so much well excitement. But mm. I don't think we'd ever seen anything quite like. No, no. Tammany and Downing. Yeah, yeah. And when they went to, uh, um, you know, went from the field from from the original incident, um, you know, GD walked along and, and I've spoken to Greg a number of times and he said, oh, I shouldn't have just given him that push. You yeah. know, he got that shove. Uh, he turned around, threw one, then threw a second, third, fourth, fifth, and it was on. Uh, and the players were sort of 10 or 15 metres infield. Yep. Um, you could see them sort of saying, do we run over, do we stay here? And the Kiwis went to support and a couple of the Aussies did. Um, and, you know, all of the guys were saying, oh, it might be a good idea to go over there. It might be a much better idea to just stay here. Stop it, stop it, stop yes. fighting. Um, but the uh, the brawl got, uh, got broken up. But uh, it was after, I remember Greg said the worst thing for him was, 
he slipped over when he put his foot in the gutter that was up against the oh. fence. He fell over and uh, he said, I just felt uh, Tarmody's blows just going bang, 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 one after another uh, on his head. And, uh, you know, they got sent from the field and um, and there was a bit of a, uh, um, a a return, I guess. A lot of people have suggested that this is what it used to be. We love it. Bring yeah. it back. Um, it just guaranteed that every single player on the field uh, knew that they'd taken part um, you know, and they were quite proud to, to represent mm. their country and prepared to do anything possible if it was going to achieve success. You were never far from the action, old mate. Fast forward six years to the Sydney Football Stadium, arguably the most famous state of origin ever played, certainly the most talked about. You and Mark Guy, an amazing night. Mm. Yeah, um, we knew that we had to... Uh, um, uh, Produce our best in this game, uh, and in, by that I mean that um, our toughest performance. Uh, we we knew that uh, that New South Wales were going to be uh, on the edge of uh, of starting a brawl at every opportunity. Yep. The the, uh, the the pre-match uh, media uh, build-up had uh, had promised that was going to take place, yeah. and it certainly was. Uh, um, you know, just moments away, we'd spoken about it uh, before the game. Um, were demanded by the coach that we had to settle down, um, don't get too carried away, just try and outplay mm. them. Um, there are a number of incidents in the first half which I blew up about. Mm. I thought that uh, we weren't getting a, a fair outcome, um, and then uh, right on the the break of half time. Um, here we were. We were going to get a rest. Um, yep. We got a penalty, which was deep inside our own territory. I said to the guys, okay, just uh, get ready, guys. We'll just kick the ball uh, out, get boxed to take the uh, the hit up and uh, and we'll walk in. Mm. Get your mind in gear. We've got a bit. And I started to talk to the players. Uh, the kick went into touch. Um, Steve Walters ran up. And I remember Mark came in. He went bang, came down on top. And yeah. um, the, the wild part of the game uh, really was underway. There's the siren. The end of the first half. And a bit of a punch up. Players coming in from all over now. And still going. The first half of the second origin for 91. I think Mark Guy was in the middle of it at the start. So this is what happened. It was Steve Walters, and Guy went in with a, a banging left arm, then came down with what appeared an elbow. Andrew G resented it. Guy and G got into it. And then O'Connor and Lewis, they went on with their private warfare. So we go back to the magistrate. Oh, Guy and Lewis, they're mouthing off at each other over the top of David Manson's head. Benny Elias standing there like, like David. Big Mark Guy towering over him. Manson's not impressed. Lewis again says something to Guy. They push and shout. Oh boy. What a spiteful ending to the first 40 minutes. Manson shoulders Lewis away. Um, it uh, was something that I thought, well, I'm going to try and 
increase the pressure a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, well, all the players were basically off the field. They were leaning. There were three of us left, myself, Mark Guyer and uh, Benny Elias. Mm. Uh, ben was trying to get some uh, uh, some word in, but he couldn't. The yeah. three, you know, We were screaming at each other. Um, I was yelling at the referee, did you see what this bloke did? You've got to be kidding. You've got to send him off for that. You yeah. can't leave him stand there. And MG was going off. We went to run off the field and he stopped and he went to throw the, the big left punch. He was a southpaw. Yeah. Um, and and uh, as, he, uh, as he went to throw it, um, I could see the referee went to jump in the middle. <laughs> I, was, I was glad that he did, actually. Um, and uh, then ben, Benny Elias went to grab Guy, and then Guy decided, I better run off. Yep. Halftime break's been called. And I went to town on the referee, said, you've got to be kidding. I said, how many cautions are you going to give him? That's what, four, five you've given him? You can't let him do that. Um, we went into the dressing room at halftime and uh, uh, the coach came up and uh, he said, how are you? And I said, I'm good, mate. I'm good. We hope you're enjoying this special anniversary edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legend Series with the King, Wally Lewis. The cool part of this podcast, all of our interviews are timeless. So if you missed an episode or interview when it was first released, no problems. It won't date, it won't go anywhere, and it will make sense and be ready to go for when you're ready to listen. We boast the biggest interview library in the game. The biggest names, they're right here and they're unfiltered. Next week, an amazing legend series interview with another one of the game's finest, certainly a guy that created plenty of headlines. And returning after a week's suspension, the weekly Wodge, where on any one episode you can hear up to a dozen of the game's current and former superstars all in the one podcast. It's the best short-form potty on the market. Before you head back into the real world, we'd love a five-star rating and review on whatever app you're listening on. It's good for business as we look to expand the brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon, legends.